Good morning, everyone. This is Connie Lingus. Yes, L for Lingus here with Still Peter for this week's edition of Category Is Dragcast Extravaganza, Episode 2. You're tuned into WNYU. And this week on the docket, we are talking about Season 11 premiere episode of Drag Race, as well as the latest edition in Drag Event Spotlight, Herstory Edition, talking about the Donna Gottschalk exhibit at the Leslie Lohman Museum. So keep listening to learn a little bit more about that. But we will start off with talking about the premiere episode of season 11. So, Peter, what do you think of the queens? I can't complain that much. There are a few things that I'm definitely going to touch on. I'll say this as a complaint, and I don't know if it should be a complaint, but it's something that I noted. There are four Davenports and one O'Hara, who's also a Davenport. I feel like taking four queens at once from massive drag clans is a little excessive. Drag clans, ooh, mysterious. I mean, look, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take good talent. I'm just wondering if all the good talent is actually just concentrated in the Davenports and the O'Haras. I have my doubts. You're not wrong. It's just likely that the Davenports are always likely to garner more attention, and as a result, they're always likely to turn ruse or whoever's really looking at the audition footage eyes. So it makes sense to me, but I, I see your point. But other than the excess of Davenport's, apparently, what are you thinking about the queens? Who are your uh, standouts? Anyone uh, you're liking so far, you're not liking so far? I, and apparently many others, are seeing some promise in Plastique. There's a lot of promise in her. That dress that she had when she came out, it was just so elegant. It fit her form so well. It's also not the sort of dress that you expect from her body type, mm -hmm. but it worked incredibly well. And I almost wish that she was judged for that because it was a very impressive dress. Yes, uh, I, I definitely think she's this season's fish queen to look out for. I feel like she does girl the best and... Might be one of the prettiest queens, in my opinion, other than, of course, Ms. Vanjie, who's actually quite impressed me so far. I think my favorite part about Ms. Vanjie this season is that when everybody was introducing themselves, she was clearly, like, setting up to be the loudest queen there. And then Silky came in. And then Silky comes in, and it's like, never mind. <laughs> Completely forget about that. So far, I actually like Silky. Is that an unpopular opinion? Because I'm I'm kind of fond of her too. We'll uh, play a clip here. You can only go so far with just being straight up like obnoxious, so we'll see. Either. Eureka begs to differ. That's okay. what I have to say to that quip. And secondly, I don't I wouldn't say that she's obnoxious. I think she's just high energy and fun in like a non-Eureka way. There's a serious difference between Silky and Eureka. While both of them do try to be the biggest people in the room in more ways than one, which is the point, Eureka made drama out of everything, mm -hmm. and she made little things into really big things, and then that got contagious, and you had other queens doing it too. Yeah. Silky isn't, like, taking things too seriously at all, which is exactly what Eureka did. She's not 
freaking out in both positive and negative ways. She's only living it up. And when you're on RuPaul's Drag Race, you got to live it up. That's an that's a rare opportunity. Yeah, I feel like in a weird way, she is the most self-aware queen they've ever had. I feel like she is like one of the first queens to truly embrace being on television. And it's kind of strange to see such hyper-awareness of being on a reality TV show, like with Gia. Gia was hyper-aware, but she's still kind of fitting into that mold of going by the motions of, like, reality TV commotions. Silky just feels like she's, from above, just staring down at reality TV and just be like, yeah, this is my... And Silky was fun. Gia was not fun. Um, I mean, you could argue that she was. I didn't have fun watching Gia get involved in whatever the hell she was getting involved in. But Silky's just having so much fun that you can't help but share in that joy. And I feel like when you're going to criticize her in the first week because your name is Ariel Versace, then you need to chill out and take a step back. It's week one. Yeah. Let her have her fun. I agree. So something else that stood out to me was I feel like there's some of the most POC queens that they've had in a while and the few white queens that they have, they're all like really shady towards each other. Like I feel like there's been more shade from like the white queens together than POC queens with one another other than like the general animosity towards Silky, which I find kind of fascinating. Well, if I'm not mistaken, we have four white queens. We have... Brooklyn Heights, mm-hmm. Nina West, Scarlet Envy, yes, and Ariel Versace. Yes, it, it's been a nice change. So something else, I think, to note this season, I think, is that they're starting big with the guest judges. Miley Cyrus for a first episode is a big get. Though I'm one of those people that almost finds it problematic that they've used her because are we just going to forget the time that Miley Cyrus just blatantly stole black culture for basically the sake of marketing herself and being edgy and then kind of just went past it and excused it as a phase. Like I will concede that in terms of guest judges, she's one of the more like enthusiastic and constructive judges they've ever had. Like she genuinely seemed like happy and excited to be there and was happy to give her perspective, which is appreciated for a guest judge. A lot of them just sometimes just, feels like they just got them because they have clout rather than they have any interest in the show and she definitely didn't feel that way miley cyrus took the perception of herself that was molded after being a disney channel star Mm -hmm. and turned that on its head and shocked the country with it yeah isn't that what drag has been setting out to do as well i feel like there's a an adjacency there that justifies her being a guest judge even for the first episode that's fair that's that's very intelligent point actually to keep in mind speaking of intelligence uh what were your favorite looks for the runway this time around so i'm gonna start by talking about miss vanji because when they started this challenge rue specifically said this is your own style even though you're taking from other contestants crates Mm -hmm. it's your own style don't copy somebody else's. And Miss Vanjie comes out and I say, oh my God, that's literally just Valentina from season nine. 
The catch is it wasn't. It was just that I really thought that it was. It looked like such a look that Valentina would do. Yeah. The fact that it wasn't, I think, really says something about Miss Vanity's look. That I looked at it and said, that is a top-tier look from one of from a queen whose fashion, I think, has been standout from her first episode. Yeah. The fact that I thought it was just that style and it wasn't, mm-hmm. I think that says a lot about her look. Yeah, I agree. Um, I definitely think she was robbed, especially who she lost to, and we'll get to that in a second. But uh, someone else that stood out to me was Plastique as well. I Just such a phenomenal outfit. You gave it enough credit before, I think. But yeah, Vanshee lost to Brooklyn. And I just thought, first of all, the outfit was kind of boring. It was just like a latex bodysuit. It's impressive that she sewed it all, but it was just kind of bland and really all the judges were saying was you rocked it not it looked good it's just just, you wore it well which to me is like that almost feels like a slippery slope it's like if these girls come out wearing garbage you're gonna excuse it if they had a lot of confidence wearing the garbage like i wouldn't say the outfit was garbage it was just not that stand out to me compared to somebody like akira davenport who i thought the way that her hair just looked like the mane, mm-hmm. I thought that was incredible. I definitely would have justified giving her the win. But yeah. I looked at Brooklyn Heights and it's like, uh, it's been done before. I, I mean, yeah. It was almost like reminiscent of the one standout outfit from Latrice and All Stars, that bodysuit with like the balls on it. Almost kind of reminded me of that, but all in black. So, yeah, I I was kind of disappointed she got it. And, of course, there's sojus and kahanas. We'll get to those disasters in a second. I just want to rant about Brooklyn Heights for a moment. When you were born in Canada and then you moved to Tennessee, you don't get to name yourself Brooklyn Heights if you have nothing to do with Brooklyn or even New York. That just doesn't add up. I mean, having a name Brooklyn or having, like, the first name Brooke and the middle name Lynn is like common normally, mm-hmm. okay? And often for people who are in New York, but you can't make your drag name Brooklyn Heights if you have nothing to do with Brooklyn Heights. I agree. You're not wrong. I thought it was a bit strange too, but honestly, she's just about as white as anyone else that you'd see in Brooklyn nowadays. Fair enough. But you can't come in waving a Canadian flag and saying, I'm Brooklyn Heights. Yeah. Well, you're not. Yeah. We get to Soju and Kahana... They do their lip sync, lip sync, which was hilarious. Because, I think lip sync kind of works here. Yeah. Soju, literally while I was watching the episode, one of my notes was, Soju is drowning. Someone help her, please, because she was drowning in that monstrosity of an outfit. And, like, Gahana was lucky that she was actually able to move in her outfit. Or as, as she requested her name be said, Kahana. Yeah. That's fair. But it was just such a ridiculous lip sync. I was laughing the entire time. I'm going to start with Soju's look. <laughs> you can't use a fluffy, formless look unless that's the category. And even when it is the category, you better have a damn good reason for using it. Soju's look was utterly formless, just like how they mentioned Miss Vandy's look on the first episode of season 10. Mm. It was formless. It was a bell. You need something that's form-fitting in some way. And if you don't have it, 
then you need a good justification. Soji did not have that. And yeah, her outfit didn't allow you to move. When you're lip syncing to Best of Both Worlds, you gotta you, move. You gotta move. That is not a sit around and kind of just move your hands song. And personally, I think that Kahana rocked that lip sync. Uh, yeah. She did very well with it. Considering oh, what the song was, Jesus, they're using children's music now. I mean, you know what? It was fun to watch. I had my doubts, but it was fun to watch. Wouldn't, At least it was fun to watch Kahana do it. So. Wouldn't Wrecking Ball have been an interesting lip sync? But yeah, uh, so you went home, well-deserved. Looking forward to what's coming up with the next episode. Looking for some more silky antics and some more fun. Here's a question. If they had done Wrecking Ball, do you think that Soju could have done a better job? No, she still would have been stuck in place. And it seemed like she wasn't good at emoting anyways. So I agree with that last point. Moving on from episode one of season 11, we have our drag event spotlight, Herstory Edition. Call it Herstory Edition because we're spotlighting an exhibition that's pertinent to basically the history of the community and the history of the community is the history of drag. So uh, the exhibit we're talking about is Donna Gottschalk exhibit at the Leslie Lohman Museum. It's in uh, Soho, just kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's pretty small. You're saying that Soho is nowhere? For Soho standards, it's actually kind of in the middle of nowhere in Soho. <laughs> this exhibit is running until March 17th of this year. To see the exhibit, it's pay what you want with a suggested admission of $10. I suggest you give the $10 if you can because they're doing such phenomenal work and spotlighting the art of members of the LGBTQ plus community and giving them a big platform is very important. And this exhibit is basically of uh, the photography of Donna Gottschalk, specifically her photography from early 70s, late 60s, right around Stonewall era. It's a lot of uh, basically candid imagery of some of her, the lovers that she had. She's an underrated photographer of the community and the exhibit shows off a lot of images of people working in like drag clubs there's a image there of someone working uh, club 81 which was a famous drag club for both men and women there's a lot of images of just random gay men and women out and about and there's this one very touching almost like photo essay of her sister throughout the year showcasing her sister's slow transition sister was uh, originally a man transitioned into a woman and it's really poignant to see someone transition so late in their life and then unfortunately uh lose their lives to drug abuse something that happens so often in our community so i think you should check the exhibit out it showcases a lot of people that are out and happy to be out in a time where it was almost not even almost it was dangerous for them to be out and without people like that we don't have 
drag culture today with people so proudly out. We don't have so many drag queens that are transitioning. It showcases something that's very, very necessary to keep in mind when considering the strides our community has made. So take a look while it's still around. That's it today with the category is Drag Cast Extravaganza. I'm Connie Lingus, and here with me again is... Name is still pending. Also known as Peter. It's also known as that. Super special thank you to Miss Darling for their song, Young Lovers, that's used in the intro and outro of this podcast. Thank you so much, and have a lovely week. <laughs>